Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bath film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Hey, Mo, how are you doing? Hey. Hey, this is our first episode of 2016. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, nay, nay. <laughs> uh, uh, what are you thinking about the year 2016 so far, Mo? Uh well I mean so far it kind of sucks but I mean I'm I'm hoping it gets I'm hoping it gets better it's it's bound to right it, it's it can only let's put it this way the way my life's going right now it can only go up from here well you know what they say it comes in like a lion and out like a lamb right oh uh, great is that what they say about the year 2016 I don't know is that what it says I don't know that is a saying that some people say oh. but, but I'm <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sad to hear that your year hasn't been that good so far Mo but it's still the very beginning of the year lots of opportunities for it to improve right exactly this is the year I fix my shit and be happy so fix you know. your shit Mo yes so the first step in fixing my shit is to is to uh to give our audience the the best possible episode of no budget nightmares that we can that is the attitude I like. That is a great attitude to bring to this first episode of 2016. Yeah, and so again, I'll keep my yawning to a minimum. <laughs> Mo is as awake as he's ever been. Uh, and we are covering a movie that has some interesting things to talk about. Yeah, uh, this is a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. So, I mean, you know, everything is positive. <clears throat> Very positive moving forward. We even, yes. have, we even have a little bit of housekeeping at the beginning of the show to talk about. Oh, shit. We, mm-hmm. better, get, we better get to that then. Yeah, let's, let's, let's keep a house. Um, Mo and I... Uh, listeners of the show and people who are on our Facebook group probably already know have been uh, benefiting from our contribution to the Blu-ray edition of J.R. Bookwalter's The Dead Next Door. I got to tell you, whew, that Look, is, I mean, that is awesome. That, uh, everything about it. Awesome. <laughs> See, good things about the year so far, Mo. Focusing yes. on the positive. Look, we, uh, we can sometimes be accused of as being shills, but we're not really. We just get really enthusiastic about the stuff that we like. And if we're part of something, then it has to be good because we're part of it, right? Yeah, and just make sure you go to shop.amazon.com. No, I'm just uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but what we're referring to is uh, some listeners of the show uh, know that we actually contributed our episode that was on The Dead Next Door to the ultimate edition of J.R. Bookwalter's The Dead Next Door, which just recently got 
released. And both Mo and myself have a copy of that now. And it's pretty incredible. It's a three-disc set. It's one Blu-ray, one DVD, and the soundtrack to the movie. It's it's really kind of beautifully put together. It's it packed with special features. Really is. And I love. Uh, and I was just telling you before uh, before we we started recording how uh, I'm like a big sucker for reversible yeah art sleeves. So uh, so of course the first thing I did, and I love the fact that they included the original art um, on the inside. So if you wanted to. Uh, you could flip it over. It's, I, I love that. It's great. Mo loves to flip it. I, I do. All right, good. Well, yes, you can flip it over. And in fact, if you were to flip it over, if you have an ultimate edition like Mo and myself have, you would even find that it's signed by Mr. J.R. Bookwalter. It is. It's been really a whirlwind <laughs> <laughs> seeing this whole project come together. But of course, as is per usual on the No Budget Nightmares podcast, our good fortune is your good fortune. And I'm not talking to you, Mo. I'm talking to the listeners. Well, it's mine, too. It's your good fortune as well. It's our good fortune and their good fortune. <laughs> yes. But you might be wondering why. Why would it be our good fortune? Because, listeners, it's 2016 and it's contest time. Contest time! <laughs> it's time for a contest because I want to give away. Mo, I'm crazy. And I want to give away an ultimate edition of The Dead Next Door directed by J.R. Bookwalter. It's the least we can do. It is literally the it's least. literally the least we can well, do. Well, actually, I guess the least we could do is just nothing at all. But I'm going to do you one better. And I'm going to send out a copy of the ultimate edition of The Dead Next Door to whoever wins our contest. And folks, as I'm speaking right now, Americans are going nuts for the Powerball lottery. You can win like a billion dollars on it, Mo. It's insane. Do you have your lottery ticket, Mo? Nah, I don't gamble. No, nor do I, because it is a sin. And as all <laughs> listeners know, that's something I really keep a close eye on. Deeply religious man. <laughs> it's not that so much. I feel like I have such a kind of deep chasm of sins already. <laughs> that yeah, just adding to the list is probably not a good idea. Probably not. But uh, but yeah, no. I'm already, I'm already going to hell, so who? I mean, maybe I should. I don't know. Whatever. But you'll hear a lot of people say, you know what? Don't buy a lottery ticket because your odds of winning, you're more likely to get struck by lightning. Right, Mo? I think they said it's you're likely to get struck by lightning while you're being attacked by a shark. Right. So it's yeah. very not likely. But I'll tell you what, and this is a little secret. If you were to enter this contest, your likelihood of winning would be significantly higher ridiculously more likely yes yeah. a lot more likely because yeah. this is a very unpopular podcast <laughs> <laughs> and our contests even more unpopular that's true so you're gonna win if you enter so all you have to do is enter but mo the question that our audience probably has right now is how do you enter I think the real question is, when does Doug stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I have a feeling this episode is going to go at least two hours. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, put it on double time like we do with so many movies. <laughs> Mo, how do you enter this new contest that we have? Well, it's simple. Okay. Mm, okay. Let me listen. So first off, you have to be a member of the Facebook group. So go to www.facebook.com slash group slash no budget nightmares, all one word. It's worth creating a Facebook account just to do that. It really, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. Um... And uh, and here's how here's how we want here's what we want you to do, okay? We want you to either record a video or audio file. Uh, video would be preferable in my opinion, just because then we get to see your beautiful faces. Uh, we, 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 and of course, uh, whatever you do send us has to uh, be publicly available for us to show. So if you give it to us person like privately, we're going to put it on the Facebook group because we want everybody to see it. 
exactly. Uh, and I w- and we want you to uh, pick your favorite, uh, you know, line of dialogue, audio clip, sound effect, whatever, uh, from a movie that was covered on the show, uh, has to be covered on the show, and 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 put it in. Uh, we'll give you so much time. Uh, we'll, well, we'll say two weeks. Yeah, at least two weeks from when this episode gets released. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's a very kind of fair amount of time. Uh, yeah. Video or audio, just record yourself uh, redoing, recreating a favorite moment from one of the films covered on this show. You know what my favorite is, Mo? Uh-oh. That guy going, oh, my nuts! <laughs> you could try to do the Suburban Sasquatch noise. That's a very popular one. Yep. You could... Uh- Honestly, anything. I mean, you could try to uh, try to recreate one of the terrible bits of dialogue from Human Behavior. There you go. Look, you're digging <laughs> deep into the archive there, Mo. But really, yeah. if you're not sure what to do, well, why don't you just post that on the Facebook group? I'm sure you'll find lots of suggestions. But use your phone. Use your microphone if you have one. But use your phone if you don't. Just film yourself doing a piece of dialogue and, yep. se- and either send it to us directly over through our website or put it up on the Facebook group. And uh, and you get it's, added to the list. I was I was gonna say it's so much easier to just toss it up on on the Facebook group right away. Just make sure you tag one or both of us in it, um, so that way we'll we'll definitely see it. We'll see it. One yeah. of us will see it. One but, of us probably Doug because I don't ever go on that. Group, but uh, <laughs> that's not the case, Mo. And uh, certainly I, that isn't something you should be saying here on the podcast. <laughs> I it's it's my favorite group. I go on there every day. It's the best. But, um, and but, uh, and yeah, when once we get all the submissions in and the time runs out, we'll, we'll put everybody's name into a list on uh, on random dot org and uh, and and randomize that sucker and uh, and and pick a winner. Now I am going to say one thing, one addendum to that, Mo. Uh oh. If someone does a very low effort version, like if they just put no effort into it at all, mm-hmm. then I might remove them from the randomizer. Whoa. Look, we can't just give it out to someone who says Sasquatch noise or something like that. <laughs> See, I'd almost applaud the effort for that. One. <laughs> well, I've already used up that idea, so you can't uh-huh. know. What That's I'm just true. saying is make it fun. Fun is good. There are advantages to being fun, but what the real point of this whole thing is that that one of you listeners are going to get a copy of this ultimate edition of The Dead Next Door. That's a movie that people have actually heard of. Yeah, right. Right. And it's it's worth it, too. Totally worth it. Right. And I mean, you know, we we do uh, pimp a few um, projects here on the show, you know, but we only pimp the ones we love. And that's that's really the the slogan I've kept with me my entire adult life. <laughs> Only pimp the ones you love. Only pimp the ones you love. And we love the dead next door, and we love J.R. Bookwalter. And I imagine, Mo, and I haven't discussed this with you, that maybe we'll be covering another J.R. Bookwalter movie in 2016. I would imagine. I would imagine. Of course, you can get Robot Ninja as well. But, Mo, I think we needed to add a little bit of extra value. You know, J.R., he very kindly... Gave us this extra copy of the Blu-ray Ultimate Edition of Dead Next Door to give away. But mm-hmm. I said, JR, you can do better than that. You can <laughs> do better. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. So I did twist his arm and he said, okay, Doug, just for your listeners. <laughs> this is so fucked up. Um, <laughs> he's actually going to provide a code to get 25% off the online Tempe Video store. What that means is you can actually purchase a copy of the Dead Next Door Ultimate Edition, 25% off right now. And not just that. All of Tempe Video's library, including Robot Ninja, is on there if you want to get yourself a copy. Lots of stuff over there. But here's the rub. 
A, it's only good for one week, this code. And B, the only way to get the code is to go over to the Facebook group right now. So if you haven't already liked us on Facebook, this is a good opportunity to do it. Hey, you're going you're gonna, to uh, be part of that contest anyway, so you can kill two birds with one stone. You can enter the contest and then make a bunch of purchases on the online store. As you should. As you should. So it'll be one week from the date that this episode is released. So go over to the group now and you should already find the code. And if you don't find the code, then immediately write a message and say, where is the code? So I'll give some sort of explanation why there is no code there. (laughs) No, there will be a code there. I promise. Maybe we'll hashtag it with something. Nope. It will hashtag it bookwalters. That there way, you can that they can search the group and find <laughs> and find the code that way. I'll, pro- I'll probably um, I'll, I will put it with the description of the episode <laughs> at the top when I pin it, so you'll be able to find it anyway. All right. See, I'm I'm smart. I got it up here in my brain. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm a smart boy. <laughs> All right. Enough uh, jibber jabbering, Mo. Uh, we have a very special movie to talk about today. One that we. I think we were both enthusiastic about it when we brought it up. We kind of yeah, just very. we kind of just picked it up out of the ether. Uh, it's one that it, it's been mentioned in terms of recommendations before, but it's it not one that immediately would necessarily come to mind in terms of the very best of micro budget cinema from the eighties. Uh, at least you know in in kind of the the if you can call anything mainstream um, in regards to micro budget cinema, this is one that's. Up there, but isn't like right up with like the dead next door or street trash or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's known, but not like it's not like iconic, but it's known. It's known, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that film is what is the film, Mo? Slime City. Slime City. Grant, Greg Lamberson's Slime City from nineteen eighty eight. And you know, it's interesting that I mentioned street trash. I did it quite uh, intentionally. Yeah, I figured you did <laughs> because the aesthetic. Of these sort of New York set, low budget movies from the eighties, like low low budget movies, um, is is kind of consistent across it. You have those settings, right? You have that eighties New York, that the kind of grimy back alleys and apartments yeah, and things like that. It's the New York. It's the New York where New York is a character in and of itself. It's a hell of a town, that New York. Yeah, it, I, that's that's what I hear. <laughs> New York, New York. Springfield, Springfield. Uh, but uh, but you know when you look at movies like Basket Case or or of course Street Trash and and uh, and, and actually uh, quite a few others. Uh, one of the ones mentioned in the commentary for um, for, uh, for for Slime City, the movie we're talking about. <laughs> What'd you forget what we're talking? About? <laughs> is uh, is I was a teenage zombie, which actually uh, some of the cast and crew, including Greg Lamberson, worked on before Slime City. Uh, you know, another ultra low budget movie set in New York, and that kind of aesthetic is something that I find really fascinating because I sort of grew up on a lot of that that kind of grimy New Yorkness in a lot yeah. of of the the media I consumed, and now that that's all gone, it's sort of like this really weird snapshot of the era yeah exactly it makes you long for the days where you could walk down 42nd street and possibly get stabbed some homeboys could take you into an alley and start <laughs> beating you up for no reason exactly homeboys i, I don't say that to be a racist no, that, asshole that's they're credited <laughs> they are credited in the movie as homeboys uh folks it was a different era but uh, mo did you have any history with slime city before watching it for this episode uh i mean not a lot i uh 
I, I think I've seen it once previous. Uh, I remember in, I remembered enjoying it and uh, was reminded again watching it this time that uh, you know my my memory was correct. <laughs> so uh, no, I don't have any huge history with it. I think the first time I saw it was was maybe uh, I don't know five six years ago. Um, I have a much deeper history with street trash, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember seeing it. I remember, I remember liking it. That's about it. Just a little quick background because we did look at some of the behind the scenes elements of slime city. Greg yeah. Lamberson was actually in a uh, film, uh, class, I guess you would say that was taught by Roy Frumps, uh, who, uh, <laughs> who some people know as the director of document of the dead, the, uh, Dawn of the dead, well, night of the living dead trilogy, I guess, documentary. Um, yeah. and, and, because they were in this class that was um, taught by a horror enthusiast, it was one of the you know it was a film class that still appreciated genre filmmaking. So yeah. Greg Lamberson and his friend they actually dropped out of the school so they could start making movies, and they were making some short films, and that led us to Slime City, which I think was made for about thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, I think that's what they said. Yeah, which is you know a reasonable amount, and you kind of need a reasonable amount because of the level of special effects that are going on here, which I have to say was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love this kind of goopy, icky, murky special effects. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's, I uh, know you're with me, Mo. <laughs> it's <laughs> like when every when like uh, it, it reminds me of uh, of like Holy Moly, you know. <laughs> That's another one that you could uh, you could imitate some of your favorite lines. You know what, yeah. Mo? Or just make yourself vomit. <laughs> every time I... You know what? Don't. Don't do that. Every time I see a bottle of alcohol, I always think, Scotch whiskey. Just like, <laughs> just like the guy says in Holy Moly. I can't, I can't not think that. It, it's, it has plagued me since watching that movie. Uh, Scotch whiskey. Every time I see a baby, I'm just waiting for it to throw up this <laughs> thick fucking orange-yellow foam. Yeah. Speaking of uh, goopy foam <laughs> that's being thrown up, <laughs> Slime City from 1988. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, have you ever seen the follow-up to Slime City, Slime City Massacre, Mo? Uh, I feel like I have, but I it's honestly, it would have been so long, I, I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm very curious about revisiting it myself. I have a very similar... I saw it when it first came out, but it's been a few years now. And actually, I hadn't seen the original Slime City until after that, so connecting the two together has been kind of fucked in my brain. My brain is fucked, Mo. Well, yeah. So let's start looking at 1988's Slime City. It starts with a title card, Mo. What does that title card say? Slime City. It says Slime City. <laughs> I thought I thought this was a trick question for a second there. I'm like, wait, what, it just it was it. a trick question. No one would have thought it said Slime City. Uh, and after you know, the, the the opening credits is are really just uh, green lettering on a black background. I should also mention before we get into the meat of the movie that uh, the version that we're watching is the special edition version of Slime City, and it's actually been edited slightly from the original VHS release. So uh, it's actually been edited by Greg Lamberson himself to uh, help with the pacing of some of the scenes. Apparently, whole segments have been removed. I'd looked online to find out exactly what was removed scene by scene, so, but we're not exactly sure but this is the most commonly available one now and if there's anything missing from this version that you particularly love please let us know over on the facebook group yeah i'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there just longing for five minute scenes of somebody walking down a street <laughs> <laughs> actually in the commentary greg says that he finds that a lot of ultra low budget movies 
they're they long to be 85 minutes when they should be 75 minutes right you know? exa- exactly and like uh, i i like fist pumped when i heard him say that because i'm like yes <laughs> they need to cut some of this shit out so the film begins looking at an apartment building yeah nice old brick building and we are immediately introduced to sort of two of our main characters that is Lori and alex now alex is really the main character in the movie and what is alex all about mo Oh, he is an artist. He's an artist, and he uh, he doesn't want to work for a commercial entity because that devalues his art, right? He wants to be pure. He wants to be a pure artist. Kids, I tell you, and, and their values. And Lori is his girlfriend. Yes. And uh, she um, has short blonde hair, and she refuses to fuck Alex. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the main crux of that entire character. In fact, that- you could say that this whole movie is about sexual frustration. Oh, it totally is. Right. Yeah. So they are actually coming to... Uh, to... Well, she... <laughs> He will be coming but... for a while. <laughs> they're actually <laughs> arriving at this apartment because they're... Alex is looking to rent a place. Somewhere that's closer to Lori. Right. And so the first person he encounters is Ruby, who's right outside the apartment building. She's an older lady. Seems really nice. And, uh, and this is the conversation that they have. Hi, we're here about the apartment advertising The Voice. Slaughter Realty. How nice. I didn't think anyone would be responding to our ad so soon. My name is Ruby. I'm Lori, and this is Alex. Now, you may have noticed that Ruby uh, fucked up her line a little yeah. bit there. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also love the fact that it's slaughter realty. Yeah, I mean, that that's a little on the nose, I think. Now, how yeah. would you describe the acting style in Slime City, Mo? Uh, the, the acting style? Mm-hmm. Uh, the- Wait, they're acting. This isn't a documentary. Not a documentary. <laughs> uh, it's it's a little it's a little wooden, but for what it is, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's consistently wooden. Yeah. With, so there's no one that's kind of way better <laughs> than everybody else. Yeah, it's true. Everybody's about on par with everyone else. I mean, I'd say I'd say maybe Alex is a a, a hair, you know, he better, emotes but... a lot better than everyone yeah. else. Yeah. But, but every, uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, and of course, the homeboys are the best thing about the film. But of course, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh ruby who i guess is the landlord suggests that alex go up and take a look at the apartment and see for himself um and uh, actually as they head upstairs we also get a brief introduction to lizzie who will be important a little bit later she's an older woman as well mm-hmm. and they go into the apartment and uh, the apartment looks pretty nice yeah he was, he was super impressed that one at least one of the windows opens yes i mean yeah. it seemed like their standards were pretty low but this is you know late 80s new york yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I'd be impressed. If, I mean, honestly, even in 2016 New Haven, I'd be like, oh, shit, a window opens? Fuck me. That's he was, impressive. He was so happy. No roaches. Fairly clean. <laughs> honestly, the first thing I thought about, because we spend a lot of time in the kitchen in this movie, is that it looked like the kitchen from The Abomination. It kind of does. It does a little bit. But yeah. then again, I guess most kitchens sort of look the same. Yeah. But uh, so they kiss. They're really happy. Alex, who was actually pretty skeptical about the idea of the apartment, he seems... Like he's gonna move in. And guess what happens, Mo? Uh, he moves in. Wrong. No, wait. Oh. <laughs> right. That's what happens. And in fact, we cut immediately to Alex dragging a um, mattress. A, the dingiest looking mattress I've ever seen. Apparently, Greg Lamberson's actual mattress. Uh, poor bastard. <laughs> uh, and he's, uh, but he's not alone. Who is he with? Jerry. Jerry. Now, in my notes, for some reason, I wrote his name down as Jack uh, several times. But, See, that's funny because I wrote his name down as as uh, as Terry, Terry until until later when he actually says his name, and I'm like, oh, 
It's yes. Jerry? I thought it was Terry. <laughs> Easy mistake to make. But yes, he is Jerry, and I'll try to remember that when I get to his name in these notes. But Jerry is Alex's best friend. You know you're not going to. You're nope. going to say Jack every single time. Uh-huh. Well, I've, I think I've only have written down five or six times. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so Jerry is his best friend. Um, we don't get a lot of background on him. I guess they're all students. You don't yeah, really see basically what we, what we learn is that they're dorm mates, you know, right. and that actually um, – uh yeah and and he's skeptical about about Alex moving out of the dorm. Yeah, and he's he's skeptical in particular about his motivations. In fact, this is what he right. says. You slime. I should have known you're only doing this to bag as many babes as possible. <laughs> and what babes am I supposed to bag? The two old birds that run this place? They're already sweating each other. No, I'm sure there's somebody around here to move you in the uh, right spot. Nope. This place is strictly a retirement city. Those New York accents Which is, in this movie are something else sometimes. I got, I got to tell you, like that line right there, this this place is strictly retirement city, just cracks me the fuck up because there's there's only two people <laughs> who are older than fucking 30 in this movie. <laughs> there's only like four people who live in the building. Yeah, exactly. And two of them are Alex's age. <laughs> well, he doesn't know that yet, I guess. But like, how would he know anything about that? Yeah. Um, now, I have a sensitive question to ask you, Mo. Oh, God. Did you notice that Alex comes off as a bit effeminate in the movie? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I mean, maybe it's just his speech patterns, which is an unfair thing to label anyone as, certainly. Yeah, but, I but... mean, whatever. <laughs> well, I'm not judging him. I'm just asking no, no, a I'm, question. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does come off a bit effeminate. Yes, he doesn't come off as maybe uh, the manliest of men in this movie, especially because we spend so much time in his underwear. Yeah, those red fucking speedos actually there is that one moment where he's just in a speedo i don't know yeah. why it's yeah yeah random so then we get to meet alex's neighbor and who is his neighbor her name is nicole <laughs> i like how you asked me a question and then answered it yes nicole is his neighbor uh she is uh interesting to say the least uh she's very... kind of gothic yeah I, I would almost say she looks more like 80s like late 80s metal Oh, a metal uh, chick, huh? Yeah. Well, she seems more metal than goth. I mean, at least to me, she does. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever. But uh, yeah, she's, you know, interesting to say the least. Well, she's interesting in that she immediately comes on to Alex. I mean, it's obvious that... Pretty hard, yeah. Yeah, because she asks if she if he goes to any clubs, and then she says, she says just knock if you ever need anything. My door is yeah. always open. And you know what that means, Mo? She wants... She's DTF. Yeah, she's DTF. <laughs> I, Down to notes, fornicate. Yeah, exactly. In my <laughs> notes, I, I say, why does shit like this never happen to me? <laughs> now, the other really notable thing about Nicole as a character is what, Mo? This is a quiz. Yeah, this is a quiz. Uh, thankfully, I watched the making of things. <laughs> Just honestly, while I was watching the film, it, it didn't even occur to me. But um, yeah, the same person who plays Laurie also plays Nicole. That's right. Laurie and Nicole are both played by the same actress. Now, that was a that was done because they were desperate to have someone play that role. But, but it, she, act, it actually really works in the context of the movie. It totally works. She's yeah. really good as Nicole, like so much so that it's hard to believe it's the same actress. Yeah, exactly. Like Nicole's probably the best character in the film. I mean, I would argue, I guess. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess she is. Like I said, everybody's kind of this on the same level. But I think, I think Nicole and her... Uh, or at least the actress's willingness to kind of go over the top with the sexuality of yeah. it uh, 
was 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 pretty uh, was pretty daring at the very least. They also mentioned, by the way, in that behind the scenes, that one of the things they didn't think about was that it basically doubled the amount of time this actress would have to be on set, and they yeah. were like doing like eighteen to twenty hour days filming yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, there was great moments where they were talking about. Yeah, she would just like pass out in the corner and then they just wake her up when you know stick a meat cleaver in her hand (laughs) get in there (laughs) making movies is so much fun uh that this scene sequence ends with jerry asking alex if he wants a roommate and just like not just just asking he's he's begging begging. (laughs) i'll give you 50 bucks and split all the utilities alex responds no way (laughs) (laughs) what a cool 80s guy that alex is (laughs) so um then we get Lori comes to visit his new apartment, and she uh, is kind of badgering him to meet her parents. Yeah, and I've I've never met uh, you know I I don't know what your history is with women, but I've never met a woman who is who is so women like, ugh ugh women you know, <laughs> who's so like desperate for like somebody to meet their parents like it's I mean I guess I guess they I mean because they've been going out for like a year a year I, yeah that's not so unreasonable yeah I, I guess not I guess not when you think about it like that but I think just, it's a very symbolic thing Mo to meet your significant other's parents yeah I guess. And I mean, apparently she lives fairly close, and and I think the suggestion is that she lives at home with her parents. So yeah, yeah, and that she and and that and it's interesting how like it takes this whole twist at the beginning of the movie. He really wants her to move in with yes. him, you know. So that's sort of like a big thing at the beginning of the movie. Um, is she also. I, I liked his response though. It's like just just tell him uh, tell him that that I'll I'll agree to meet with them and then just postpone it as often as you can. <laughs> I like Lori, who is supposed to be a very kind of innocent, sweet character. She says that she's already told her parents all about Alex and said that he's sweet and kind and squeezably soft. Yeah. Then we have probably the lamest line in the whole fucking movie. So (laughs) during this whole sequence, Alex is drawing a picture, which we never see at this point. Um, But we'll find out later that he's drawing a picture of Lori. No, we see we see it. Do we see it in this scene? Yeah, we see it in this scene like twice. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter because we she... don't see the finished co- the finished version until right. the end. But but he is working on a picture of Lori, and so the, what's happening here is she looks at it, and she says a really unnatural piece of dialogue, which she goes, "Oh, Alex, I love what I see," and then he looks at her and he goes, "So do I." So do I. So let's hear what that sounds like. I think it's her delivery where she goes, I love what I see. So do I. It's it's pretty poor. Yeah, but what are you going to do? So anyway, they have a close relationship, but she stops him short of uh, banging him. Yeah. Which just makes him more frustrated. Well, yeah, because now you start to think again, like they've been together for a year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just not the right time. Homeboy's got some uh, some blue balls going on. <laughs> blue, green, yellow, all sorts of different colors, Mo. Right, exactly. But uh, she, he does give her a key to the apartment so she can come over uh, whenever she wants. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, they head downstairs to leave. Uh, maybe he needs to cool off his blue balls or warm them up, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and they run into another person who lives in the apartment building. And unlike you, Mo... Who's, who've got some sort of love for Lori as a character. This Roman is my favorite character. I do like Roman. Roman is a poet. <laughs> I love, uh, he's got this line here. I, I love where they, they're talking about, 
Well, I mean, well, you know what? Play, play, play the, yeah, let's uh, play, play the clip. Just this, play the clip because it's so good. They, they ask about his, uh, his poetry, <laughs> and this is what he says. I'm into poetry. Have you had anything published? No. Are you kidding? Nobody takes an artist's work seriously anymore until he's been planted six feet under, if you know what I mean. So I'm composing a piece that won't be finished until I am. I add a new line every year. And that's what he has to say. I had a new line every year. <laughs> yeah, I know people a lot like Roman. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> in, our, in our circles, I'm sure between the two of us, we know at least four Romans. Now, Roman as a character uh, combined with um, Alex and his unwillingness to compromise on his art – I was confused a little about what the movie is trying to say about artists and art. Yeah, exactly. Like, I almost wondered if, if it's, if they're like insulting. Yeah, I think they're kind of playing it up a little bit, but they don't seem I, to be mocking yeah. Alex. They certainly seem to be mocking Roman in this scene, though, even what Roman is saying, God, I hate calling him Roman. <laughs> yeah. Just call him Roman. Roman, you know, <laughs> even Alex just calls him Roman robot monster. Yeah. Roman. <laughs> Um, the, the, but uh, they they obviously seem to be mocking him in this scene, though it doesn't really make any sense when you find out things a little bit later why he right. would even be a poet. <laughs> so a little bit later, because uh, it just cuts to uh, you know they walk away from. Well, they actually explain later why he's a poet. Yeah, that's true. They do, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit when we get there. So the, later later on, Alex comes home and uh, Nicole sees him uh, arriving. She's actually got some other metal dude with her. This is really scummy looking metal guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks kind of like John Michael Thor, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Without the muscles. So uh, she asks about, she saw his girlfriend earlier and, um, and then she goes into her apartment and immediately starts banging this dude. Yeah. It's funny how fast the sex noises happen. You know, <laughs> like, like she, I mean, I understand that her apartment's literally like, three feet away but it means that like they're in the apartment and he's inside of her like within fucking like 30 like with not even like within like 10 seconds it's in it's ridiculous and, and of course alex can hear it while he's laying in bed and What's we he? this is the, probably the most gratuitous of the underwear shots in this movie but they're all alex's underwear shots yeah it's a little sex appeal mm -hmm. something for the ladies but then the sounds of sexual uh, exaltation Congress. Yeah. Congress. That's very good. <laughs> they turn into something very different. A blood-curdling scream. And then nothing. And then nothing. And Alex sits up in bed. He's like, what is that? What is it? We don't know yet, but we'll find out. I like how you're giving Alex so much more emotion in your description <laughs> than what he actually has in the film. The next day, <laughs> Alex is leaving his apartment, and he sees Roman looking through some <laughs> trash outside. Well, yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's look, look, I get it. You know, he's looking for things for his apartment. You know, one man's trash is another man's trash. Well, he's a poet, so he needs to get whatever he fucking can. In fact, yeah. when we see other you people's... No, he ain't making any money. When we see other people's apartments in the rest of this movie, like, Nicole's apartment barely has a door. Like, there's, like, smashed bits all over the fucking place. The word, the word I used to describe Nicole's apartment was ramshackle. Yeah, and Roman yeah. appears to sleep on the floor in his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Roman does ask Alex to, to come over and have dinner at his place that night because he knows that the electricity hasn't been put on in his apartment yet. I know they haven't turned the gas on in yours yet, so... Yeah, that's right. He says, I'll fix something that won't spoil. 
because <laughs> he says he's going to be over a little bit later. Right. So that that'll play into something, I'm sure. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's not like any kind of foreshadowing or anything like that. So uh, Alex goes to meet his friend Jerry, not Jack. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's telling this ridiculous story yes, he about is. like blowing his nose. I'm just like, like. Uh, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's this long, shitty anecdote. Ugh. And I'll tell you, Greg Lamberson, if you were slicing shit out of your movie to help with the pace, <laughs> this would be a starting point right here. Seriously. And that said, I mean, it is the whole purpose of the scene because Alex falls asleep uh, while he's telling the story because Alex is very tired because he was up all night being kept awake by fuck noises. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't get that. I mean, I would have fallen asleep like a little baby. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Well, because I like fuck noises. Also, you're used to the sound of I, fuck I gotta, sounds. I really am. <laughs> you're a little burned out. I, I'm, I am. I'm totally burned out to it. Like right now I hear that moaning and I'm just like, oh, God, just turn it down, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, uh, Jerry is uh, briefly offended by the fact that Alex uh, fell asleep and then they have this bit of dialogue. What am I, talking to a zombie here? Only if Nicole practices voodoo as well as she does fellatio. Has the floor hard been keeping you awake at night with shuddering cries of exaltation? Blood-curdling screams is more like it. Ooh, she does not sound like any of the girls next door I ever knew. Yeah, so that's what they say. <laughs> I think that line that Alex has about if she practices voodoo as well as she does fellatio, it's a fine line, but impossible to deliver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, followed up almost immediately with Jerry's line that just no human being would ever say, ever. <laughs> Exaltation. Exaltation. <laughs> he also mentions, by the way, Alex does that Nicole took her garbage out really late. So that's something that he is aware of that we don't see in the movie, but might become important a little later. Maybe. Mo, you know what is kind of a common theme in just about every 1980s micro budget movie we cover on this show? What? There's a sequence that takes place in a video store. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> and speaking of that, we go to Galaxy Video, which is a video store that apparently Alex works at, though this is the only sequence that features it, and it's very short. Yeah, well, they probably walked in and be like, oh, hey, guys, can we use the store for like five seconds? Actually, I believe Greg Lamberson worked at this video store. See? See? What are you doing? You actually, sure showed me? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's funny. Um uh, me and some friends of mine once filmed a uh, a video, like a short, at a uh, at a video store, and got into a lot of trouble because apparently the kid who worked there never got permission nice. <laughs> to use it. So uh, he was showing off the video to uh, to some friends the next day, like at work, and the boss walked by and he goes, he goes, I never said you could do that. He got in so much fucking trouble. It was I kind of <laughs> had to laugh at that. Actually, but yes, back to the film. This sequence actually doesn't matter in the context of the movie at all. It doesn't matter fucking at all. Yeah, I mean, he would find out – we get introduced briefly to Alex's boss, Art, and uh, he's just a little bit pissed because Alex is a bit late. Lori stops by to say hello. Uh, he wants her to come over, but she says that she's busy studying. I mean, I guess it does add to the frustration that he's currently feeling, but right. I, I wouldn't miss it if it was gone. No, it could. Yeah, the entire scene could have been chopped. It, I mean, like as much as I enjoy seeing a a sleaze ball in a vest and chomping a cigar, then I mean, as as much as I love that, the, yeah, this could have been entirely cut. So that does lead us into Alex eating dinner with Roman. 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 And what is Roman <laughs> eating? 
Uh, well, he describes it as Himalayan yogurt. Himalayan yogurt. But what does Himalayan yogurt look like? Well, it looks like slime. Slime. Green goop, I would say. Yeah. Well, his is blue. His is blue. Because uh, blue, because, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Tell us why it's blue. Well, we have a clip. That's right. We do have a clip. And let me uh, kill a little time while I'm pulling it up here. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Bad. Why is yours blue? Because blue's my color. <laughs> That's why. Blue's his color. You know, Mo, blue is the warmest color. Yeah, well, one is the loneliest number. Very true. So uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing that they have for dinner besides this Himalayan yogurt is uh, delicious uh, alcohol, wine, I guess you would say. See, at first when I saw it, I said, oh, what's that supposed to be like absinthe? You know, because in the bottle it kind of looks like sure. absinthe. But then when they, when they cut to the, uh, the close-up of the glass, it's obviously water that just had a couple of drops of food coloring. Yeah, no shit. Into it, <laughs> you know, because you could just – you're watching. the. I mean, it actually was a pretty cool effect. I mean, for, for, for what they – for the low-budget aspect of it. But, uh, yeah, like you see it and there's just this sort of swirling, expanding blue or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty – Pretty cool, actually. The other awesome thing about all of the wine bottles in this movie, and this is something they mentioned on the commentary too, is that they didn't have any corks for the bottles. So every single one of the bottles just has a bunch of aluminum foil on the top. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> so um, Roman mentions that he's gotten this alcohol, this wine, from, uh, from Lizzie uh, because apparently her father was into alchemy. Yeah, which, which of course, you know, knowing that, um, okay, so so imagine you know this being you, not not in the movie, and somebody offers you a drink from this old woman whose father was into alchemy. Would uh -huh. you would you drink it? Well, I'd feel awkward to turn down such an offer. Uh, I would totally not even touch it. I'd have a little bit of it. You I, I I wouldn't. Well, you're not as adventurous as our friend Alex. I'm pretty adventurous. I I would have eaten the Himalayan yogurt. I wouldn't have. <laughs> That's I, fucking I, weird. They, <laughs> You would rather have this fucking green goop than a drink that looks perfectly harmless until Roman tells you that he's he stopped taking acid because of the effects. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have gotten that information out of him before I drank it. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. So Alex returns to his apartment a little later, obviously kind of fucked up, uh, and he notices that he doesn't have his keys. But then Nicole appears behind him with his keys because he apparently left them in his door. A, like, a likely story. A likely story. Um, and um, she invites him over to her apartment, and I bet you know what's going to happen. Um, they're going to play a rousing game of Parcheesi. Slime City? They should have called this Bone City, because... Jesus Christ. He's about to go to Bone City with Nicole. <laughs> Put that on the DVD slipcase. <laughs> so he goes over, and she comes on hard. Uh, and uh, she she's like immediately uh, starts kissing him and grinding on him and saying his name. But uh, it it is noticeable that in the throes of passion, she yells out the name Zachary. Mm. You know, it's funny. Uh, during this scene, I actually uh, because I had forgotten what the plot was. I just like I said, lost I lost the plot. 
I only had remembered that I that I liked the movie. I had forgotten what it was actually about. Right. Um, at this point, I was speculating that Nicole was actually Lizzie, but using magic. Oh, that actually would make... Yeah, I could see how that would have connected together yeah, at this point. But uh, uh, a spoiler alert, it's not. No. <laughs> no. We learn later that she's yelling out Zachary because of Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement. It's true. It's true. It's true. Also, she fucks Alex here. But she fucks him in a way that doesn't require him to remove his pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody takes anything off. She just kind of gets up and grinds the shit out of him. She grinds. And, I mean, honestly, a guy who's, who, whose balls are wound up as tightly as Alex, that probably would be enough. That would be enough, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, if the 90s taught me anything, there ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Right. And they bump and grind for a bit. And then we cut to stark black and white. Ooh. And we see Alex... Going into his kitchen, and inside the kitchen, there's someone with a hood on their head, and that person pours Alex a drink. And uh, there's actually, it's actually a kind of neatly stylized. They have some production value. They have frames all over the background, which I guess were there anyway. But they look nice <laughs> in black and white. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked this scene. I'm like, oh, good. It's like you know, because it gives it a little, it gives you a little something to look at. In fact, I kind of wish there had been a couple more. Of yeah, these, actually, you know. Um, cause it, I mean, like, yeah, sure. It introduces the character and lets you kind of know, uh, what's going on a little bit. But uh, honestly, like if they had done like maybe like one or perhaps two more of these to show sort of the progression mm. of what's happening to Alex, it, it would have worked out a little bit. It would have been more interesting. Than you some wanted some they... more Bergman-esque. Scene. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, <laughs> well, uh, in the, in the dream, uh, which, which, is, which is obviously what it is. Uh, he, he takes the drink and drinks it, but then it shows him dropping the glass. And then he immediately wakes up in bed. And what is coating his body? <laughs> he, he had had the worst wet dream a man could ever have. Right. And that certainly continues the, the kind of uh, sexual uh, oh, element yeah. of this movie. That yeah, dude he, is he, covered in gooey slime jizz. It's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, it looks pretty gross. I mean, it's just the tip of the iceberg, really, but it's it's. It looks it's like pretty... he has sweet chili sauce all over him. He re- he re- <laughs> sweet chili sauce. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like he's coated in some kind of like uh, birthing aid. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He looks well. He's been reborn, uh, quite literally. Uh, wow. Want, want. So he gets up, looks in a mirror, sees that he's all covered with shit, and then he does yeah. what anyone would do in that situation. He goes outside. Yeah, yeah. He does not look well as he goes outside. No. Uh, he, uh, in fact, he uh, he goes downhill very quickly. He immediately runs into a bum outside. I don't know if we're supposed to call them bums anymore, but this guy's a bum. A tramp. Tramp, oh, a transient. Uh, yeah. this, this transient man uh, really <laughs> hassles Alex for some change. <laughs> Uh, and in, but, you know, it's, it's funny though, because like, like Alex, like, doesn't even like, like, he doesn't even take a second to like, to, to kindly answer him. Like, he's just a dick from the second the dude approaches now, him. Now that brings up an interesting point, Mo. Alex is kind of an asshole the entire movie. He really kind he of did is. just like, cheat I, on his girlfriend too, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how we're supposed to be like sympathetic to this character, to be well, honest. Well, considering his eventual fate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe True. it's better that we are not that sympathetic with that's, him. That's that's fair. Yeah, I guess. Oh, no, that's I a mean, bit of a spoiler alert. I should have just given there. That, that's all right. Whatever. <laughs> I guess. I guess Laurie's the one we're supposed to be sympathetic to. So he. Uh, well, it's a good thing that she's your favorite character. Uh, so he tells his bum to take a hike, uh, and then he goes into a diner, 
uh, which is really just a quick um, reason for us to see that the slime is sort of soaking through his clothes and things. We don't get a sense of how fucked up he is until right after that, where it shows him outside once again, walking by a junkyard, and that he's basically starting to melt. Yeah, this is the scene where I first put the the sort of uh, uh, comparison to street trash. Yes, this is a very street trashy scene. It it really is. And of course, what would be transient and goo? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But uh, I mean, of course, you know, cuz 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 didn't the uh the the making of things say that that they had worked on street trash? I think At least the, the guy who did the special effects. Well, the special effects they also had worked on uh on the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Uh yeah. and I think it might have been that it had to do with the maybe the Steadicam work on on Street Trash something like that. No, I think it was the guy who did the the effects. Okay. All right. I mean, I could be wrong. No, I don't you're know. probably I, right, Mo. I watched this last night. I I don't remember anything at this point. <laughs> like if I don't if I didn't have the if I didn't have these notes, I wouldn't even remember what happened in the movie. <laughs> so uh, Alex is not feeling very well, and he immediately pukes up a bunch of green goo, as you would. Yeah. Uh, but as you. <laughs> but so he's in sort of an alleyway, and he's actually joined by that same transient from earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a, a quick little bit of dialogue that sounds like this. God, oh God, what is happening to me? Hey, <laughs> go somewhere else if you're going to do that. <laughs> Show a little respect, huh? <laughs> My home. <laughs> so the bum is kind of an asshole too. <laughs> there, there are very few characters in this film who aren't just straight up assholes. So it, because Alex is a bit upset and maybe he feels a little put off by the attitude of this homeless man, he picks up – first he pushes the guy to the ground and then he picks up a lead pipe a la the board game Clue. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts slamming it into this bum's brain. It was the slime man in the alley. <laughs> with the pipe. Well, the slime man kills the bum. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of blood squirts out. I like how the homeless guy offers him offers him his quarters. Back. Yeah, that is pretty good, actually. <laughs> like, Here, man, you can have your quarters back. Eventually, in the in the um, uh, while he's smashing the guy's head in, uh, it briefly turns into a uh, a fake head, which is terrific. <laughs> I mean, not terrific in that it's very real looking, but I love when they swap out a real head for a fake head in any context. Yeah. Oh, by the way, killing this guy clears up Alex's skin right away. This yep. is something that Clarissa has never revealed to us. <laughs> I wish I had known that because, you know, like any – I could have just murdered people for my acne. I mean you imagine if Robert Davey knew about this when he was a teenager. He wouldn't have that magnificent pockmarked face that he has. See? <laughs> or that lovely singing voice probably. <laughs> Jesus. So Alex, <laughs> with his cleared up skin, runs home to his apartment. And he goes in. Would have worked wonders on Edward James almost. <laughs> so say we all. So then he runs home, and wow. and he washes his slimy clothes in his sink, just like you would. I, I I have in my notes he washes his slimy clothes in the sink, just like when Mo wets the bed. <laughs> and then I say, oh look, there's blood in there too. So really, like when Mo pees the bed. <laughs> yeah. And then he hangs it to dry, and then there's a knock on his door, and it's Ramon. Thanks for bringing up all those childhood memories. <laughs> well, uh, Ramon uh, has... Uh, is a Roman. 
Roman has arrived with some leftovers from the night before. Uh, and Alex actually doesn't really want to take them because he says he's been having trouble keeping anything down. Um, bum, 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 bum. And he also asks Roman if he's ever hallucinated after uh, trying some of the, the wine and shit. And Roman is very forthcoming saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this, is what, uh, this is what he does. He also says that you, know, you can get more of this drink from Lizzie, but the price she pays, you got to listen to her stories. Oh, who wants to, who wants to do that? Fucking old people. So then Lori calls. She's actually been trying to reach him while he was out killing people outside. Yep. Uh, but he mentions that he was sick, which he actually was. And he apparently he missed an exam. There probably should have been one sequence in this movie which shows them in school. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they do sort of show the school in the background sometimes. But it is hard to accept them as students. Yeah. He's a struggling artist, you see. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, starving artists, you know, whatever. So she officially asks him to come over to her house to meet her parents. Yeah, it's funny, like, oh, I've been sick. Well, you should come meet my parents. Ah, well, it's a transition. Uh, she, is, she, is a, she is a one-trick pony, this this Lori. Well, if only she was a trick, and then uh, he wouldn't uh, have... Okay, but uh, <laughs> he he eventually relents and says, I better get a good meal out of this. So he's is an asshole. Uh, and then she ends the call... By saying, I love you, and then he just hangs and up. And he just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, Alex. <laughs> the line's really bad, Nicole. Oh, not Nicole. Lori. Easy mistake to make. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lori would have loved that one. <laughs> so then he checks out the leftovers that he did apparently accept <laughs> from Roman. Uh, and, of course, it's green. And even though he was feeling sick before, he starts eating that shit. Oh, yeah, he devours it right up. It's funny that we have two movies in a row where someone eats green, vomity-looking stuff. Yeah, right? Isn't that strange? Well, this one doesn't have any chunks in it. Doesn't have a lot of chunks in it, no. Uh, and uh, I, like how, I like how he, like, he like I mean, just, like, like, like does, does he not have spoons? <laughs> You he know? might not. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I guess it. I guess it, it. It's more impactful as a visual to show him like shoveling it in with his fingers, you know. <laughs> but I mean, like just a spoon. So then he immediately leaves his apartment and goes over to Nicole's apartment. Just opens the door, not being invited in. She's not there. He yep. opens her fridge, and it's full of slime and uh, wine bottles as well. And well, he grabs her, a bottle of the wine and starts drinking it. Hers is full with pink slime. Pink. Slime. So I guess pink is her color. That's her color. I never would have guessed that given her uh, decor and uh, ensemble. Ensemble. (laughs) (laughs) Pourquoi? (laughs) So so, uh, we go over, uh, at this point, we learn a little bit about Lori because Lori is hanging out with her friend. They're looking through magazines, and her friend is a really good friend because what she's telling Lori is that she has to have sex with Alex or Alex is going to cheat on her. Yeah, well, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. He's already cheated on her. Yeah. So her friend was spot on. Guys, guys are only uh, are only faithful until they meet a loose woman. I, I we'll talk about this at the end of the movie, but I <laughs> but I I do wonder what this movie is trying to say about men. <laughs> uh, the morals of these characters are right. Well, I mean, at least Alex is presented quite clearly, especially by the end, as yeah. maybe not the nicest guy in the world. Right. So her friend. Um, and in her, she, Lori says that she's got to leave to prepare for the dinner with her parents. Uh, and for some reason, like as she leaves, her friend just like stands up and goes, "Hey, Lori, good luck." 
I don't know why. <laughs> but Lori immediately runs into a woman on the street, and this happens. Excuse me. You're in trouble. Terrible trouble. Let go of my arm. I can tell. <laughs> now, uh, I love the I love the mystical sort of <laughs> musical sting at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh. it's like getting an item in Legend of Zelda. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's notable that all of the outdoor scenes in this movie are obviously post dubbed. Um, I, I, most of the dialogue probably is, but it's really noticeable in the outdoor scenes. Yeah, and like that right there. So, but but, but you know what though? I'll take that over like ridiculous wind noise. That's it. You can understand what they're saying. That's yeah, more important. I, yeah, exactly. I don't care if it doesn't quite sync up. I, it's, you can hear what they're saying good enough. So this mystic woman asks Lori to come see her at her parlor to terrible get the rest pro- of her story about the terrible trouble that awaits her. Pay me a dollar. And I'll Pay me it. a dollar. The dollar <laughs> is just to show that you believe. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get back to that in a minute because Alex, right. he needs a drink. Now, it's there's a really interesting kind of dynamic that goes on here where Alex uh, becomes more of a kind of um, an asshole and he locks himself away. All of his friends start hating him. They all think that he's a drug addict and stuff. And he becomes- well, I was just going to mention that. Like maybe maybe it's not necessarily the fact that Alex is an asshole. Maybe it's just the fact that, that this is like an allegory for, right. you know, addiction. becoming a, a, a yeah, for addiction. Yeah. So he becomes an addict. He becomes a slave to the wine. Right. Now, now, now answer me this. When, so so this next – so in this next scene, he goes downstairs and they're showing off Zachary's, uh, you know, booze uh, collection, so to speak. Um, now, is this Ruby or is this Lizzie who's with this him? This is Lizzie. Ruby, we only see a few times in the movie. Oh, uh, okay. This I, is certainly Lizzie. Yeah. See, my notes say Ruby. I don't know why. Maybe I just maybe I just can't tell the difference between old people. Uh, you might be. Uh, you actually might be. No, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. It's one of them. They're they're all the same. Is yeah, no, because there's a scene later on where he's in he's down here as well with with a woman, and that's the same woman as this scene, right? Okay, so then it's Lizzie. It's then. Lizzie. I'm pretty sure yeah. it doesn't really matter. Well, it's definitely Lizzie later. We get a little bit of background it because you mentioned doesn't even matter. You mentioned the name Zachary. You mentioned the name Zachary. Yeah. Well, we both mentioned it, <laughs> but we get a little bit of background about Zachary here. We learn a little bit about he was sort of like a cult leader. Yeah. If only it was Zachary Lee. Yeah, if only, right? <laughs> he was a, a cult leader who uh, committed suicide in this cellar and also was an author. He wrote a book called Flesh Control, which is a bit of a red flag, I would say. Flesh Control. And, uh, and so uh, Alex – I, I do a bit of that every day before bed. <laughs> and so she puts <laughs> – That's why my sheets are bloody. That's right. <laughs> Damn bloody sheets. Um, <laughs> so, so this whole thing about Zachary being the cult leader and committing suicide with his followers in the basement of this building, that'll become important in just a little bit. Well, it becomes – well, because because when he's down – because he's downstairs, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're showing off you know, his collection and, and we see all of the jars of goop and how they're <laughs> yep. different – how they're different colors and all the bottles of uh, what we learn is called elixir. And, um, and then she shows him the book uh, that Zachary had written. And of course, you know, typical reveal, he, he flips the book over for the, for the, uh, the, the author's picture on the back. And it's the guy from the vision before. Oh my goodness. Kind of looks my, like Danzig. 
And I love I love the fact that even like in on the fucking cover, he's in his fucking like cowl with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the hood up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. But we go right to dinner. We go to Alex's dinner with Lori's parents. Yeah, man, what an awkward scene. This is a really awkward scene because it looks like they have like it that they only have arguments the whole time. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's just it it's it's very um like I honestly I've never had this bad of an experience meeting uh a, a significant other's I'm great parents. I'm great with my significant other's parents. I'm 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 usually okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had bad experiences, but I've never had this bad where it's just like immediately like they're just like completely disapproving. I can fake being like all together, like like that my life is together. <laughs> I can fake that really well for like twenty minute increments. So right. for dinner, that's no problem at all. But right, in this right. case, they have the awful conversation where her father is asking whether uh, Alex has been scouting agencies like advertising agencies and again alex does not want to commercialize his art so he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't see it as a product he sees well, it as a statement that's okay in in 10 years he'd be obsolete anyway that's right exactly <laughs> Hope you, learn how to use photoshop <laughs> but then the big announcement of the meal occurs <laughs> taking everybody by surprise including alex Lori has decided she's going to move in with alex yeah. That feels like a conversation that should have occurred maybe before the meal. I mean, I know they've been talking about it and he's kept asking her, but it seems weird to announce it without her saying first to him that she was going to announce it. Yeah, I I thought that was a little weird. Like that I found that kind of reminiscent of the classic uh the classic trope in 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 like romantic sort of movies where like the guy announces to a huge room that they're engaged now <laughs> when he hasn't talked to her about it at all. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So her parents are completely against it, even of though course. she's 22, which honestly, she should be able to make her own fucking decision at the age of 22. She um, shouldn't live at home either. But the big question is, Alex, Alex says that maybe it'd be better to hold off for a little bit. Right. And then he starts sweating. He like... starts sweating, but not sweating um, water or sweat. No. It's kind of slimy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, this sequence... It's so fucking bland. It's ridiculous. It's just they're just sitting around a table in this all white room. Yeah. It looks so cheap. <laughs> like there's nothing going on in the background. Yeah, yeah, just I mean just put up a fucking painting or something. I mean, Christ. Uh, it's so, it's pretty rough. So when Alex starts sliming all over the place, he decides to go to the bathroom. And that leads to a conversation between Lori and her mother, which is so unsupportive. It's pretty terrific. <laughs> Lori goes, I don't believe this. We made plans. And her mother goes, Alex appears to have made other plans. I mean, fuck you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, then we get a very strange transition because we immediately go back to Alex's apartment. It's some time later. And he has now, because I guess of, uh, I like it's hard to get a sense of how long it takes him to go downhill and start to melt and shit again. Um, but he's all bandaged up like the invisible man at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously the invisible man, you know, uh, like it's even brought up later where one of the, one of the homeboys says, oh, look at this invisible man, you know, it's good cultural reference homeboy. Yeah. Uh, right. Ex exactly. It, it made me, it, 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 it actually made me laugh. Cause I'm like, we're, we're inner city 
you know, thugs more educated back then. Look at this H.G. Wells looking motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker out here looking like a Morlock. Now, Alex is not alone. Alex has brought a woman back to his apartment. And there's something very noticeable about this woman. Uh, I I hope you're not saying because she's Asian. What? No. What? Oh, she's a professional. She's a professional sextress. (laughs) She's a prostitute. Is that is that what they're called? Uh huh. That's the Sex official priests. name. It's the oldest profession. Yes. Here at uh, No Budget Nightmares, we have a lot of respect for the ladies of the night, uh, and she obviously is a her own person. Uh, yeah. Work at my job for a couple of years, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he has brought a prostitute back to his apartment for yes. the purpose of. Not having sex with her, but probably to murder her to help with his skin problems. I I fucking I fucking love this because like honestly, you know, like because of the experience that I have with <laughs> with prostitutes, prostitutes. Yeah, for Mo's, real. Mo's prostitute experience gives I'm, him a different I'm, perspective on this. It, it does. It absolutely does. And like while I know they're not usually too discerning about their clientele, like I have a feeling that most of them would would reject the idea of having sex with a man who is completely bandaged up and visibly oozing. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she says she kind of gives the implication that she's seen some weird stuff in her time. Yeah. Well, she's a tough gal. Yeah. But not so not, tough. Not, I was going to say not that tough. Not so tough to stand up against a straight razor that he pulls out after she starts unwrapping his bandages. Uh, because uh, he's going to murder her with it. I don't know why he chose a straight razor. That seems like a really uh, inefficient way of murdering her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I mean, unless you're like slicing the throat, which he doesn't. He d- well, he he does after the first slice, right? He does yeah, one I... slice and slices her across the face, and there then and then she gets gives one of the best line deliveries in any movie. Yeah. You crazy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the second slice right there, and her blood goes all over the wall. But, um, yeah, her delivery of you crazy bastard, you have to understand that while she's saying that, she basically has had her face slashed in half. Yeah. (laughs) You crazy bastard. (laughs) Forehead to chin, straight down. And then he slices her throat, and blood squirts over the wall. The mechanics of how the murder helps him, we don't really get a sense of what that is all about. It makes no sense. Well, it doesn't. I mean, you know, it's. it's I mean, I guess it doesn't have to. It's all sort of supernatural. Right. But... It, you know, it's Dorian Gray or it's like a bucket of blood or whatever, right? Well, no, more like Little Shop of Horrors type thing. You know, yeah. you, you're giving him a motivation to kill, even though he doesn't want to, but in order to maintain his life or lifestyle, he must kill. The ooze was going to consume me. The ooze will consume. In fact, it's even worse than that, as we'll find out in just a little bit. So he brings um, her corpse uh, in several garbage bags outside, and he puts it in the trash. And we see that when he adds it to the trash, there's already another corpse in there. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And visibly another corpse. Now, do you think the implication is that that corpse that's already there was one that he's done or that someone else in the building has done? Uh, I would as I. It could have been anybody. It could have been anyone. Since That's they're right. apparently all doing this. Here, here's the thing that I don't get is that they're not like – it's not like they're they're like dumping them in a river or like – they're just walking down You can down see to the body parts and, in the bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, like 
does the trash pickup guys like never like do the garbage men not notice this? I mean, because even fucking you know Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez noticed the body in the barrel in in Men at Work. I mean, come on. This is the this is eighties New York City, okay? Yeah, it's I none guess. of my business I, if there's someone's dead corpse <laughs> in the fucking garbage bag. Ah, put it in a landfill. <laughs> but yes, no, that's forget a, about it. It's a it's a very good point. Uh, this leads Alex, after disposing of the body, to go right up into Nicole's room again, where he finds a eight by ten headshot <laughs> for some reason of Nicole. But Nicole looks very different in this picture. Why? Right, exactly. She looks a little nerdy, uh, but I mean, honestly, you know, like it's it's not impossible that you know she moved to the big city, became a little corrupted. I mean, obviously, because she became very corrupted. Uh, but I mean, it's not even like that. Like it's just, it's just. A, a point in the general direction that maybe she's not what she claims to be. Yeah, so she could have explained it away fairly easily when she yeah. appears behind him seconds later, but she right. doesn't. She basically no. comps to what's going on, which is that the cult members that committed suicide have all been reborn in bodies. Right. The bodies. Now, I, yeah. I mean, like, why would you just say that? Yeah. Well, like why, I mean, why wouldn't you just say like, oh, I came here as an actress and, and you know, that, sure. that's, that's my old headshot. Yeah, this is this is for when I'm trying to apply for Revenge of the Nerds sequels or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. You know, Booger's it, Revenge. It really doesn't make sense in this context because the fact of the matter is Alex, who has now been drinking the wine and eating the goo, he his body is being prepared for Zachary's return. She, yeah. He's going to inhabit Alex's body. So that would theoretically make him very upset, right? Mm -hmm. So she's telling him all of this. So of course he's going to try to keep that from happening. Yeah. I guess I guess the idea is that she feels like at this point it's too late. There's nothing he can do. At this point you might as well tell him. So his response to all of this um, news is to say this. The mind had to be opened up to corruption in order for the elixir to work. You whore. <laughs> I mean, he fucked her. Also, he killed a prostitute like a little while ago. <laughs> yeah. So who is he insulting? Yeah, exactly. You know, so what's they... worse, a horror or a murderer? <laughs> so and, and he does, of course, find out that Zachary is going to take over his body. And uh, then he says this. Alex, wait. Why? So that a Satanist who's been dead for 30 years can take over my body while I fuck you? No, thanks. No, thanks. No thanks. <laughs> just for, just for the record, your 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 notes your note on here for the said a hundred years. Yeah, it's totally wrong. <laughs> whatever, whatevs. You knew what he was talking about. I whatever. It doesn't matter. So while all this is going on, Lori goes to see the psychic, Madame Selena. Yeah, and uh, and again, like I said before, she the, the the Madame actually says that the money, the dollar, is to show that Lori has faith in her abilities. But why would you have faith in her abilities? Well, but here's the best part, though, is that so Madame Selena starts giving her reading, you know, and uh, starts giving some real like personal information, like the fact that Laurie's still a virgin. Right. You know, yeah, it's not and like then, if I was sitting there and I'd be like, yeah. you're a virgin. I'm like, yeah, I guess you could tell just uh, by the looking. Yeah, I know. Sorry. That's you know, <laughs> I, it, let's put it this way. If I didn't have if I didn't have two little pieces of proof that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people could easily just say that about me. But um, 
but yeah, so uh, so but then but then she has this great line where she starts talking about like how how like her boyfriend you know is, is in trouble, and then she's like, "What's his name?" <laughs> it's like so you knew that she was a virgin, but you didn't know that what her boyfriend's name was. Mo, the spirits are mysterious. Uh-huh, they don't tell us everything. It's all some of it is hazy. You see, some whatever, of- John Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so this woman starts giving her all sorts of bad news. Seeing she says she sees serpents, it's a difficult yeah. thing to say, um, and who are not what they seem. And Lori gets more and more upset until and she, she even goes so far as to tell to tell him that uh, that he's already like too far gone, like he can't be saved. Yeah, he's been corrupted. He cannot be saved. That's exactly yeah. right. He's involved with the dead, which means that you know he's falling around Jerry Garcia and the boys. I love that she says she's that he lives in a building filled with the watchdogs of evil. <laughs> oh, Roman. <laughs> I love that from this point forward, I can't remember when we see Roman again, but he like basically disappears from the plot. There's there's I think there's one more moment where you He's see there at him. the very end of the movie, I think. Yeah, like where Alex is rushing up the stairs to get back to his his apartment like uh and Roman is sort of ducking around a corner and pops out and goes oh hey buddy and like and alex just rushes by him and that's like the one other time you I, see I just like the idea that roman is sort of lazily evil like he just doesn't <laughs> he's whatever i really am a poet but yeah. but again we find out about that in just a little bit as well yeah so uh alex is walking down the street and runs into uh jack that's his name right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Jerry, of course. Yeah. Alex is at this point wearing sunglasses, which is clear proof that he's, that a he's drug on addict. drugs. Yeah. And in fact, that's what Jack accuses of, of him uh as being on. <laughs> and it makes sense too because his, everything that's going on with him just points immediately to him being on drugs. Yes. And I mean, he does have an addiction that he's dealing with, an addiction to killing hookers, which is something we've all had to deal with at one time I, or another. I'm telling you. So Jack basically accuses him of being on drugs, and and really he's reaching out to him to try to help him. Um, and uh, even when when Alex tells him to go away, uh, this happens. I'm not on drugs. I don't believe you. I don't care what you believe. Get lost. No, I won't don't get lost. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> I just love Jack's. No, I won't get lost. Oh, good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't get lost. No, you get lost. So uh, while this is happening, Lori arrives at Alex's apartment. Because... Don't touch me! <laughs> Lori, who does have a key, arrives at Alex's apartment and looks uh, for him. And then she does what everybody does in this movie. She opens up his fridge immediately and finds a container of slime. She also goes into his room and looks through his closet, which I do have to say is probably, even though she is his girlfriend and has a key, that might be a bridge too far. Yeah, no, it's that's definitely... Don't look through my closet. Yeah, can, can can I ask you something? Please. Just as as a human, uh, have you ever in your life just walked into somebody's house and just looked in their fridge without them being there? Absolutely not. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> I mean, just... I guess if it was my boyfriend and I'd been there a bunch of times, and right, I mean, I guess you know, go and grab a drink or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But uh, but but no, I wouldn't go into their closets where he has a box which has bandages and rubber gloves and a straight razor with blood on it. I love that. I love that. Like they're just like they're his slime gloves, you know. Like they're still just nasty with the fucking. It, it should just have evidence on the side of the box. It really should. Yeah. 
Just where she finds she finds a woman's shoe. So Alex uh, uh, just appears behind her and he calls her a bitch because he's very upset about the fact that <laughs> she he actually accuses her of being in cahoots with Jack. Yeah, you guys are in this together. Right. And he asks for his keys back and she takes off her ring, which I didn't know existed, and she throws it at him. That's because it didn't exist. It's a promise <laughs> ring, I guess. Oh. You know. It's a, it's a promise to a promise ring. What's that ring? You know how in the United States, that country you live in? Yeah, I live here. In your country, there are people called Christians, and they have like a religion that they're very interested in. Uh-huh. Right? And sometimes fathers of Christian uh, young women, they have a, like a chastity promise that the child makes to the parent. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. What's that all about? I don't know. Why do you guys allow that to happen? Uh, you said you're barking up the wrong tree, man. <laughs> I, I, I've been out of that scene since I was fucking 16. I'm, what? I'm Sorry, you mean you were fucking 16 or were you fucking 16 year old? No, that wasn't until I was in my 20s. Nice. I, I mean, I, statutory. I, but I, I kid, of course. <laughs> he kids because he loves underage children. <laughs> I kid because I don't want to get caught. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> 2016. Things are looking up already. Oh uh, yeah, very so, progressive society I live in. So Alex, very upset by this whole business with Lori, he goes down to the cellar, uh, <laughs> as anyone would in this circumstance, and um, Lizzie comes down and kind of confronts him. It's his quiet place. It's his quiet place, and it's also where all the booze is because he's an addict. He goes down there to punch dance. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, he he basically gets a little bit more background about what's going on, that there's the, the goo is ectoplasm, and he learns about the elixir of... So, you know, the, the others that died, he now knows for sure that they came back in the forms of people who were living in the building. And all right. the people who were in the building were, according to Lizzie, like scumbags. There were, uh, Roman was a bum, Ruby was a bag lady... And uh, Nicole was a hooker. Yep. But we also learned a little bit that uh, about how Roman's host was a poet before. Right, exactly. This is where we learned that he's sort of uh, confused and because and, he doesn't really particularly seem to care so much. Sure. About, he, he's, uh, he really is, does think of himself as a poet. Yeah, he thinks of himself as a poet. I think that's actually a really cool element, honestly. I, I, I do, too. I think I think it's probably one of the more interesting little things they added in to spice up the story. Alex does ask a very good question, which is, why did everyone kill themselves? Yeah. It was an experiment. They, oh. They had conquered all that life had to offer. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, and in fact... Uh, she even says that she would have killed herself as well, but uh, someone had to be there to administer the elixir. Just like the polio vaccine. Exactly like that. And when he <laughs> says that he's not going to let all this happen, she says this. You can't resist the elixir! Well, watch me. <laughs> well, watch me! Go ahead, run. Your time is almost up! <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the moment where... Um, where as he's running back up to his his apartment, Roman's sort of hiding in the hallway. And it's great, too, because you can see his head poking out. 
waiting for Alex to come up, and he he just walks up and he goes, "Hey, buddy!" and he just blasts, he blows right past him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Alex runs into his apartment, starts pouring the drink down the drain, and throwing out all the ectoplasm. He thinks he can kick the habit. He's going to cold turkey on this shit. Yep. But unfortunately, a lot of pressure is going to be added to his life in the form of Detective Irish O'Bannon. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's usually late in the movie to start introducing a character like this. Yeah, especially a character this, like, borderline racist. What? He's Irish O'Bannon. What's wrong with that then? He's, he's an Irishman named Irish. He's he's Detective Potato O'Drunky. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, my background is Irish, so I can say as many horrible things about them as I want. Uh-huh. So Alex is, like, outside, and he runs into this detective. And this detective, as we all are, is looking for a prostitute. <laughs> and, yeah. and, in fact, shows Alex a photo of the prostitute, which is, of course, the prostitute that he killed. Yeah. But Alex, of course, says that he did not do it. <laughs> and Alex is actually really good at... Uh, combating some of the accusations that are thrown at him because uh, he gets the detective to admit that that the person who uh, walked away with the prostitute was all bandaged up. So how could they possibly know that it was Alex? And even if he went into the same building where Alex lives, other people live in that building. Yeah, and he's like, uh, and he's like, well, he's the same height as you. He's wearing the same jacket. He's like, everybody has a jacket like this. <laughs> He even says maybe the not greatest thing to say to a detective, which is, what's the big deal about one missing whore? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think uh, we discover that they were friends. Yeah, like the, the detective and the prostitute were friends. Yeah, and so it's like it means more to him to find her than just, you know, completing a case. Yada, yeah, yada. Which, which is fair enough. And yeah. uh, the detective does give Alex his number before walking away because he doesn't have a leg to stand on in this case. Which is hilarious because I think in a lot of other movies they would have just arrested him as a person of, su- of yeah, interest. No, <laughs> it's New York in 1980, like six when they were filming this. Yeah, <laughs> it's surprising he hasn't already taken out the phone booth, phone book story, and started smacking him around. Yeah, exactly. Like I or I mean, phone booth. Like honestly, all they could have, all they really would have had to have done is is held him in custody for another like six hours or whatever. I don't know. With all this slime, it's more like in custody. Oh God, damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I don't even know if I can forgive that one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Nicole yeah. arrives yeah. at Alex's door. And she's basically dressed in lingerie at this she point. She is just wearing the craziest fucking thing. I said, yeah, I said, it's more fit for a porno than a horror film. It really is. And he's in bed and he's all covered in sweat and slime and looks pretty darn gross. Yeah. And... That because no one comes to the door because he is in bed. Nicole goes back to her apartment, and what does she do when she arrives at her apartment? She starts like dancing, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, which is what she does through most of the fucking movie, anyway. But um, yeah, and it's 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 pretty great too because she's like dancing and like she's like down on her knees, sort of like writhing around, and like as if by magic. Um, <laughs> since I'm assuming this is what it's supposed to be, the sheet on Alex just whips right off <laughs> right and we can see his slime city aka his penis through his oh, underwear it's more fucking just underwear shots <laughs> my, my notes at this point are like like i was kind of giving up with my notes at this point i just said this scene is weird yeah it's it's a weird it's all like 
it is really weird because it just involves dancing and uh, his dick. And gratuitous dick shots. Yeah, yeah. so that's what happens there. <laughs> and uh, then we cut to the next day, I guess. And Alex is ringing the doorbell of Lori's friend, who we discover is named Tracy. This is a weird scene, too. This is another weird scene, too, because, like, what is he doing? He's just, like, bringing her some tapes? Like, I thought... Oh, because, that's right, because he works in the sh- in a video store. Yeah, so, of course, See, he I delivers totally VHS. Forgot about, yeah, I didn't realize that that, that <laughs> video store is offered delivery services. It's easy but... to forget because we've only seen him at that video store once for, like, once, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex rings the doorbell. She offers him a drink, but his palms start, like, dripping yellow slime while she's getting, like, a drink or something. Right. And... Then he runs off, and that's the whole sequence. It's fucking weird. It doesn't really go anywhere. It literally goes nowhere. But Alex is going somewhere. He's yeah. going into an alleyway where he runs into an unfortunate group of homeboys. Yeah, and keep in mind that he's back <laughs> He's back in his invisible man garb. Yeah, yeah. so he, he wasn't when he was at Tracy's place, but now it cuts to him running off, and he immediately is wearing all those bandages again. We've never yeah. actually seen him in the entire movie actually put the bandages on. No, he just shows up with them. But he's in a pretty fucked up state at this point. Yeah, it's pretty gross. So one of the homeboys... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Again, that's, that's what they're called what, in the movie. That's what they're credited as. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to call them, you know? One of them punches him in the stomach. These young inner city youth. And then they grab him, and they bring him into like another alleyway, and they punch him and knock his glasses off. Yeah. And one of them says, I need money. So yeah, he's, like, he's like, I want a hundred dollars. And he goes, so get a job, which is an interesting commentary on the uh, state of unemployment in the United States. Very libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, but Alex being the exceptional person, <laughs> <laughs> he has exceptionality leaking out all over him. So one mm-hmm. of them try to stab. They're not going to murder this guy. These homeboys. They try to stab Alex in the stomach, but his stomach Opens up and the hand goes inside the stomach, a la Videodrome. Videodrome, yeah. And, all held new flesh. And he gets uh, his stomach vagina opens up, I mean, with teeth, uh, and the, the, the stomach bites off the guy's hand. It's a gastro vagina dentata. It's interesting. Like, this movie has had violence in it. We've seen the, the prostitute get sliced up and, and stuff like that, and the bum gets smashed up. But yeah. this is the first kind of major gore effect in the movie. And it's pretty cool, if I say so. It's great. It's terrific. Yeah. And honestly, it marks the point in this movie where a lot more cool shit like that's going to happen. Yeah, it's too bad there's only like 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. But I mean, the thing <laughs> is, and this is something we should talk about right now, which is Slime City is a interesting movie. It is similar in some ways to movies like Basket Case and things like that, even in terms of thematically. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't kick into high gear until the final 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, which a lot of movies do. Hey, but better than it being the first 20 minutes. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, you, you kick the movie off on a high note. You got to keep that high note through the rest of the film. But, I mean, in this case and, – and here's the thing I will say. At least the first hour – you know, because the movie's only an hour and 20. Right. Uh, so at least the first hour isn't just, like, gut-wrenchingly boring. Right. No, not at all. You know, I mean, there's a couple of, like, bland scenes. But, I mean, for the most part, it, it keeps the pace going and it and it works. And it's it's interesting. And, like, you're learning about the characters. Exactly. There's, yeah. You know, there's, there, there's that thing that a lot of these movies lack called character development. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, uh, there's, there's a little bit of filler here and there. But it's not like yeah. – it doesn't feel like it's – 
intentionally trying to be unsatisfying. It knows yeah. where its sweet spot is, and that is coming up. Also, this homeboy who got his hand cut off, or bitten off, I should say. Yeah. He, uh, he starts screaming. He screams this. <laughs> now, he's very upset about this. Don't call it a comeback. Jesus Christ. Um, you got to give the guy credit, though. At least he's got a good scream. Oh, yeah. He's got a good scream. One interesting yeah. thing happens while he's screaming. Something that I found a little distasteful. Because his friends all run off, right? Yeah. Except one of them comes back and picks up a giant boombox that was there. <laughs> and how, how is that distasteful? <laughs> I would have gone back for my boombox too. It is a sweet looking boombox, I have to look, say. Look, look, look. I, I you know, you know, they're they're homeboys. They need their ghetto blaster. Yeah, absolutely. So Is that racist? Oh, um maybe, maybe yes. <laughs> but you uh, may recall that the uh, classic WWF wrestler Bad News Brown, uh he was a judo expert and also an African American and his uh finishing move, the Inziguri, was a called the ghetto blaster. <laughs> yeah so so maybe i, I well that's not really mm-hmm. uh, an excuse to say that what i said wasn't racist no <laughs> all right good enough, good now, enough. let me tell you the story of kamala <laughs> <laughs> anyway alex fuck, fuck fuck the story of kamala let's talk about akeem the african <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Alex, as he is wont to do, runs back to his apartment where he uh, immediately looks at his stomach wound, which is weirdly healed on his body. Yeah. And it's all he, jagged. Yeah, it's all jagged. And then he takes... Ta- like a mouth. Yeah. So he, then he <laughs> takes off the bandages, and he's still looking pretty fucked up, actually. Yeah. Now, what does it look like? Like, the makeup effect on his face, what does it look like to you? It looks a little bit like... Um... Oh, what's the like the zombie from Day of the Dead? Yeah, that's fair to say. Like a low budget version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bub almost, right? Yeah, Bub. That's what I was trying to think of. And I kept confusing it with Bud the Chud. <laughs> he looks like Bud the Chud. Another like... New York based movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so he's looking in the mirror, and then Jerry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jerry arrives next to him. Uh, is it Jerry? It is Jerry. Yes. And <laughs> apparently the landlord has let him into the apartment. I don't know why she would have done that. Because she assumes that – because she could probably tell that he needs to kill. Right. Right. She's it's, part of that my, whole thing. Is my guess, yeah. Uh, so uh, he immediately – you know, I think actually Jerry's a little bit relieved to discover that something is wrong with him. Yeah. And he starts to talk he, – he, he does have a great line though where he goes, and I thought my zits were bad. <laughs> and then he starts to try to guess what's going on. So – what have you got? VD? Herpes? <laughs> Leprosy? <laughs> None of your goddamn business. <laughs> oh, I guess we can rule out social disease. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Alex, uh, Alex is such a charmer. Yeah. And Jerry even says, can't you see what's happening to you? And this is kind of a turning point for Alex because he goes, I like what's happening to me. Yeah, but I like I like his his guesses as to what's happening to uh, VD. Yeah, her- right. Herpes. <laughs> so it, I, like that's the worst case of herpes I've ever seen. <laughs> he grabs Jerry, throws him out 
the, his front door into like the hallway and then starts smashing his head on the ground until blood squirts out, killing him. Which is uh, actually a pretty cool effect. Yeah, it squirts out really nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like how they did that. Uh, and uh, then Nicole comes out of her apartment and she actually seems impressed by what she sees. He, uh, he goes into Nicole's apartment now that his face is cleared up and they just leave the body there because why the fuck not? It doesn't matter. Everybody in, everybody in the building is, is, you know, doing all that stuff anyway. So what does it matter? And then comes a really strange scene, though I guess it makes a little bit more sense afterwards. Alex is just outside reading. Um, and Lori arrives. She comes over and she apologizes for sneaking into his apartment. And they basically make up. Um, and uh, he asks her to come over that night to his place. Yeah. You know what I kind you know it's a little a, a little subtle thing. I mean maybe not that subtle, but a little a little thing they do they do throughout the course of the movie that I really that I really like. What's that? It is as the film progresses and as he becomes more corrupted, his hair goes gray. Gray, that's right. And I'm like that's such a cool little effect. I mean it's it's just this tiny little detail that's kind of insignificant, you know, but it's just sort of like a visual means to show how much more corrupted he's becoming. You I know, thought, I, I like I that. Was... I like that effect too, especially because it, it kind of gives an indication of how much Zachary is taking over him. Right, right. But uh, in the commentary, they mentioned that it was someone, I can't remember whose idea it was on the set. It wasn't the director's. Yeah. And, uh, and he decided just to go along with it because no idea is a bad idea. But then in the final scene, all the goo, all the slime washed all the gray out of his hair anyway. So it didn't end up mattering. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of noticed that like, there's a point where, where, uh, Jerry's taking a shower in his speedos, and uh, and I like I think it's right after this scene coming up, <laughs> right? And like and his hair is wet, and like all the gray is gone, and then two seconds later he's putting a shirt on, and his hair is completely gray, again. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Lori is heading to her own apartment. It looks like, and she stopped. By Detective Blarney O'Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Blarney Stone O'Potato. Blarney Stone O'Potato. Uh, <laughs> and he stops. He's asking her about Jerry because Jerry has gone missing. Um, mm-hmm. And then she also says, hey, aren't you the girlfriend of Alex? And then he, he mentions to her that basically that he suspects that Alex killed a prostitute. That That is such a like a huge fucking like breach of police protocol. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess maybe in the late '80s it wasn't, but right, right. And she even like defends Alex and said that the night that that prostitute was killed, that that Alex was actually eating dinner at her house. But uh, but, it uh, but I talked to your parents and they said he left at eight fifteen. <laughs> so you told my parents that my boyfriend killed a prostitute. But I love I love how he goes plenty of time to kill. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are hitting the climax of the movie, the end of the movie, basically. Yep. Yep. So Alex and Nicole are together in his apartment. Um, he's actually drawing her. Got to finish that fucking drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I like how I, I, this, this scene's kind of meta once you oh, realize that that Laurie and Nicole. Sorry, are, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. That they're the same person. Yeah. So as Alex yeah. and Nicole are there, Nicole is basically telling him that he should get rid of Laurie because. But she, I like how I like how he goes. How she's looking at the picture. She goes, "Oh, she's so wholesome." <laughs> that is a very meta moment. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so later on, Alex and Lori are making out on the couch, and they have sex off screen. Yeah. They are off screen, but they definitely have sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and afterwards, he <laughs> he goes into the bathroom, 
Uh, and he he says a very offensive line, which is it's just like a woman to lie on her ass while the man does all the work. You but, know, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just just previous to this, like right when Lori uh, shows up at Alex's apartment, there's this great moment I just wanted to mention real quick, mm-hmm. where Lori sort of turns around and Nicole is standing in her. Yeah, room. that's right. And she just sort of does this this like backwards like snake slink in <laughs> back into her room, and I just I'm like, this is great. Hey, I, I, that's another thing. This is another... the second movie in a row where a character looks at themselves playing two different roles. Whoa. That's kind of strange as well. Freaky. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the, 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 just like a woman to whatever. Oh, and so he goes in the bathroom, and she finds like a, a puddle of slime on his pillow, which I guess is the wet spot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just let's, let's throw some flour on there. So, so <laughs> Alex has a shower, and she starts sneaking through his fridge again. Which is now packed full of wine and slime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she also finds Zachary's book from earlier and starts reading through it. And while she's doing that, Alex comes up behind her. And of course, us as the viewers, we're very concerned for her safety at this point. But he just starts to massage her shoulders. She likes yeah. it. Mm-hmm. She likes it at first. But then this happens. So, what have you got? VD? Oh, wait, that's not it, is it? Herpes? <laughs> that would have been an amusing conversation. <laughs> no, no, this happens. Alex, you're hurting me. No. I'm killing you. <gasps> Just like I killed Jerry. What? what? Yeah, so he's all slimed up at this point. Mm-hmm. And he grabs her and he, like, tosses her onto the table. Uh... And he's really bad at, like, fighting this very small woman. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he has an internal struggle going on that's keeping it from happening. But Yeah, she, that, that's what's happening. So the first thing she does is she grabs a fork and stabs him in the stomach. And, like, slime squirts out of him. I actually really love the, uh, I, like, I'm a big fan of, like, when, when prosthetics have, like, bladders in them. Yeah, and, like, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's very indicative of that sort of time period. But, um... Yeah, I love like there's a shot where where they kind of cut back to him and you realize that he's all slimed up again and his face is just like pulsing, pulsing, it's absolutely, pretty great. And the the kind of themes of the movie become explicit here because he basically blames her. He goes, "You turned me into what I am, cock tease." <laughs> I'm not sure how that fits into Zachary taking over his body, but it, it doesn't. It I mean, does. Maybe maybe just his desperation, you know, made him more susceptible to corruption. Well, he did, he did move into that apartment to be closer to her. That's true. So I guess it is all of her fault. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he didn't have to fuck Nicole. That's true. And then he stabs her with the fork, and she passes out for, like, just a second, but she's just playing possum, because then she takes a knife and slices open his stomach. Oh, God. And all of his fucking guts fall out. I fucking love this There's just, like, so much. Everything that happens in this scene is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so yeah, so so like you were saying, she she basically like slices straight up his 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 stomach and just out pours just a bunch of sausage links and mac and cheese and it's it's the most ridiculous thing. Mac ever. and cheese. That's what it looks like. I mean, I know it's supposed to be like fat, you know, but it that's what it looks like. It looks like 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 sausage links and fucking mac and cheese. It's hilarious. So he's just shoving all this shit back into his stomach. That's great, too. And then she goes over and takes a knife and stabs him in the chest. Yeah. So he pulls that out, and then she grabs a butcher knife and chops him across the neck with it. 
Yeah. She's not fucking around. No. And once he, he slices, she slices him in the neck, he, his response is this. Stop it, Lori. <laughs> Stop the pain. <laughs> I can't. Do it for God's sake. And off pops the head. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a pop top. He's got like, uh, uh, yeah, his head just flies off. Yeah, it, it looks awesome, actually. It it's very it's a very cool effect. Uh, but I but I just got a kick out of the fact that here we got this guy who apparently doesn't own any spoons, but owns a meat cleaver. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Doing a lot of cooking over there, Alex. <laughs> so his head is still alive on the floor. Yeah, this is this is very uh, reanimator. Yeah, yeah. Now I have to ask you a question, Mo. What does he say? What does his head say? He says, heads up something. What does he say? Oh, I don't know. I have it written down. It sounds like a heads up pick a bob, but I don't know what the fuck that would mean. I have no idea. I listened to it four times because I was like, I got to find out what he's saying. It might be very important, but I guess we'll never know. But his body is still alive. You're right. It's just like reanimator. So his body sits up and kind of grabs her ass and he goes, tag, you're it. So he, <laughs> he's, he's also kind of like a joking asshole now. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're upping the comedy factor for the last uh, few minutes of the film here. <laughs> Which is strange because it would seem at this point that she's really fucking up his plans about coming back in this body. Yeah, exactly. I don't. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense why he's all of a sudden turning Freddy Krueger here, but <laughs> you know. So she slices off his arm with the butcher knife that she has. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And so her the other arm grabs her. So then she grabs a knife and cuts off the hand of the other arm. And then his stomach, which is the only thing that is left, basically his torso, opens up with fangs and tries to attack her, and she just pushes it onto like a couch. And it starts squirting slime everywhere. Yeah. This is so awesome, by the way. <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, vis- visually, this is all very cool. This is terrific. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, the body's pretty much done for. So then she does what anyone would do, very smartly. She grabs a knife and goes over to the head on the floor. <laughs> and she stabs it through the side of the head. <laughs> right into the floor. And then the movie does something amazing. Yeah, I got, I got to tell you. Of all of the crazy effects in this movie, this yes. is easily my favorite. This is so, the best. Yeah, absolutely the best. I mean, the vagina, you know, dentata mouth and the gut thing was pretty cool. That's cool, <clears> but <throat> it felt like a little bit derivative. This yeah. one, you would not expect. <laughs> I totally was not expecting. Um, so, yeah, so she stabs him in the head. The head splits open on the top, which is, again, a very cool effect. Yep. Actually, the entire head is fucking awesome. Yes, it is. Because the mouth... I think the mouth either moves or it's open. Yeah, it's got like an animatronic type thing going on. Yeah, yeah, and the eyes move and 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 the head splits open and the fucking brain just cr- starts crawling out like a giant tongue. This dude's yeah, it looks like a tongue too. His brain crawls out of his skull and starts going across the floor. And uh she goes in front of the brain with the butcher knife and it tries to turn around and go back, which is incredible. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It really is. So it uh, it turns around on her, and but she, <laughs> it's a little slow for her. So she goes at it with the butcher knife. But first, she says, "Die, goddammit!" <laughs> yeah, she just slices the shit out of it. Hacks it up. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that is the end of 
Alex. <laughs> <laughs> like that is it. He's done. Yep. His brain has been sliced into bits. Um, and I thought that the movie was going to end right there, but no, we have a, an addendum. We have a, one more scene to go because uh, it's detective. <laughs> <laughs> detective Blardy O'Stones. Detective Clover O'Whiskey. <laughs> De- detective <laughs> Shepherd's Pie O'Jameson. Yeah, that's good. Leprechaun O'Guinness. Um, <laughs> he's talking to the residents. Detective Lucky O'Charms. <laughs> Patio Furniture. Um, <laughs> so he's talking to the residents of the building outside. Alex has apparently gone missing, and he's left no forwarding address. Uh, they ask the, the people who live in the building, say, well, does his girlfriend know where he is? And apparently she's been traumatized by something. Wonder what it could be. Yeah, what could that possibly be? But the purpose of this final scene is that the detective, when he was looking through the crime scene, I guess, or not the crime scene, he doesn't know that a crime took place. When he was looking through Alex's apartment, he liked it a lot. Yeah, it's. uh, I I think it's. It was actually a really good setup. Yeah, possible. You know, like next film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what it is is that he. Basically, he's going to move into the apartment. Yeah. And, and it even ends with uh, Lizzie saying, hey, we didn't even have to run an ad this time. <laughs> and and that's it. That's, that's the end it. of the movie. Yeah. It was a good one. Green slime. <laughs> yeah. Slime City is a lot of fun. But I'll tell you, if you're not feeling it for like the first hour, stick with it because that final 20 minutes is killer. It really is. All yeah, killer. No the- filler. Yeah, the third act is is absolutely worth it. I mean, even even if I mean, and I don't think that you would per per se dislike the first right. You know, hour. not, not it, someone who's listening to this fucking show. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're listening to this and you've watched almost any of the other movies we've covered, then you're gonna fucking love Slime City. So yeah, just go exactly. watch it. I mean, I would even say like even if you've disliked several of the movies that we've covered, you know, you're probably still worth watching Slime City because this is, you know, I wouldn't call it upper echelon, but I mean, it's 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 one of the the, the higher, you know, maybe top ten for the films that we've covered so far. It sticks the landing, which is so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The ending is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So we've had a little bit of luck in the last couple episodes of No Budget Nightmares, going from bad taste to a Slime City, which almost feels like uh, it, you know, it really does belong into a similar category of film and filmmaking, right? One that doesn't take itself too seriously, and one that is very goopy and very gory. Exactly. Slime City from 1988. As we mentioned before, there is a sequel to Slime City, Slime City Massacre, which was released in 2010. Uh, in tem- terms of Greg Lamberson's other uh, projects, I actually haven't seen any really myself. I've seen... Um, uh, what else did he do? Uh, he, he did Killer Rack, which is his latest film. He's yeah, a friend of mine on Facebook, um, and I know I think he lives in Buffalo now, and he's involved in the scene, the kind of film scene in Buffalo at the moment. But he actually he worked on a number of different projects, um, but none that, that have, uh, kind of have, have stuck out to me. So if anyone listening right now uh, have recommendations for other Greg Lamberson movies, I definitely would, uh, would be willing to check them out. Yeah, absolutely. I am really interested in seeing Killer Rack, actually, but uh, I don't think it's, it's available yet on any home format. But I definitely will check out Slime City Massacre, and maybe at some point we can even feature that on the show as well. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, th- that's a long time afterwards, right? 2010, uh, 20 years is a, uh, is a huge gap. That is, that is a very big gap. Yeah. Speaking of that big gap, how about that vagina in his stomach, huh? Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Mo. Yeah. 
On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, the podcast that you and I host, mm-hmm. we have another Patreon special. Yep. Yep. This... <laughs> Stop sounding so excited, Mo. I'm super excited. This is a movie that I know almost nothing about. It's a horror movie, uh, and it's called Jennifer Help Us from 2014. One of the interesting things about this movie is that it's actually available to watch online for free for everybody. So we'll put the, li- the link up over on our Facebook group as well so everyone can watch along with us. It's been a while since we had a movie like that, actually. Mm. Uh, it's directed by Juan Ortiz. <laughs> Uh, and, um, and as I mentioned before, uh, we uh, had a, uh, a contribution to the Patreon and, uh, this is the reward. We're going to be covering Jennifer help us from 2014. Oh, too bad it wasn't directed by Lorenzo Nunez. Yes. Uno dos. <laughs> Uno dos. Uh, the plot is a vengeful high school senior whose violent kidnapping of a fellow student collides with her town's haunted house. And it's brutal past. I think there's a missing word in that description, but it's there. That's what it says on the Internet Movie Database. All right. It's a horror movie. Scary. Jennifer Help Us from 2014. Well, let's hope Jennifer can help them. Let's hope she helps us. Mo, what's the best way for people who are fans of no-budget cinema, low-budget cinema, micro-budget cinema, or the podcast No Budget Nightmares to follow up what's going on with us? Well, the best way, and they should definitely do this because mm-hmm. it's especially now. Yeah, it's especially very, now. Very important. Don't be a fucking idiot. Uh, Just do it. I, I did mention it earlier in the show, but I'll mention it again. Uh, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash no budget nightmares, one word, and uh, join in the fun there. Or you can go over to nobudgetpodcast.com. Check out all of our archives. Check out yep. our link to uh, to our iTunes. You can leave us a review over there. You can also subscribe via Stitcher. Uh, also, we're on uh, Google Music right now if you want to uh, check us out there. And, of course, our entire archive right back to the very first episode. And you're going to want to check that out if you're going to want to try to imitate some of our most famous lines. Why don't you go check out that archive, listen to a few older episodes as well. You can also find both of us on social media, Mo. How is that done? Well, I am on Twitter, <laughs> kind of. Sometimes. Sometimes. Rarely, but sometimes. Uh, you can find me. I am at Drunk on VHS. And I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. Yes, you can find both of us over there on the Twitter. And it's a good way to keep uh, up on our current doings and goings. And, of course, you can find my writing over at DailyGrindHouse.com. You can find Mo's other uh, uh, project Strange Vapes about his strange, odd vaping flavors over on YouTube. Where? Uh, just search Strange Vapes. Look so, up Strange Vapes. So, someday I'll do a new episode of that. It's and... good. I've watched a few of them myself, and even though I don't know anything about that culture, it it is funny to watch Mo cough and be sickened by weird flavors of things. Yeah, that's well, that's that's the majority. Like most most people get their entertainment from watching me torture myself. So I like to see yeah. you wretch, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it happens. It pretty, does it, pretty regularly. It regularly happens. Not just not just in those videos. Yeah, <laughs> in real life too. Mo, have you seen anything interesting lately? I've seen a ton of shit. Oh, good. Uh, just an ungodly amount of movies. Um, I decided this year I'm going to start tracking my movies again we'll see how long that lasts yeah it, yeah i mean well i mean i'm you know 10 days in and i've already forgotten to add about six movies to my uh to my list but uh you know i'm keeping track on facebook so do it on letterbox good. that's what everyone else uses i you know what i just get so annoyed with letterbox <laughs> I, I you know i should do it on there but i don't want to. i was doing it last year and i, I gave up on it after like mm. a month and i, I was yeah. like all right fuck it but uh but i will say it's hard know, sorry sorry just to interrupt you but yeah, it's yeah. hard for us 
using Letterboxd because of the kind of movies that we sometimes we're watch. Constantly having to add we're shit. We're constantly having to add shit because yeah, they're that, so obscure. Yeah, that's the reason why I don't use Letterboxd. I'd rather just keep a list on my computer and fuck it, you know? Yeah, but, fuck uh, it. But of the stuff that I've watched recently, I've watched some really good stuff. I watched Straight Outta Compton. It was really good. I watched uh, Bridge of Spies, which was fantastic. I, I like Bridge of Spies a lot. Yeah. And you I know watched the Coen Brothers wrote that, or at least they. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and Spielberg directed. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe, I mean, I know that it did get attention and people were aware of it and things like yeah. that. But just the idea of Coen Brothers plus Spielberg, you think people would have been losing their shit, especially because it's really good. It's fantastic. It's probably one of the best uh, performances I've seen out of Tom Hanks in yeah, a really long time. he's really time. good. Yeah, and I watched uh, Steve Jobs, which I thought was really good. Um, and uh, and But but here's the one I actually wanted to talk about because it's, it's a slightly lesser known <laughs> Uh, lesser known film that uh, I didn't have any expectations of whatsoever, but absolutely loved was this, was this movie uh, called he never died. Oh, the one with Henry Rollins with Henry Rollins. And it was so good. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so fucking good. It was way, way fucking better than I expected. Henry Rollins has had some luck on these genre films. Yeah, yeah. And and uh just I mean, there were a couple of huge plot twists that I didn't expect and it's hmm. like I was like, Whoa, this is like really impressive. Uh, I but, thought uh, I thought you were setting up as a joke. You were like, This kind of smaller film that I didn't have high expectations on. It's Star Wars, the Force of Witches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did see Star Wars and I and I loved it, but uh I didn't think this was necessarily the right place to talk about it. But um but yeah, I mean I've watched I've watched a whole whole shitload of stuff. I recently uh did a little bit of a John Waters retrospective. Oh nice. I've been uh I've I've been catching up on not catching up i've seen everything he's ever done but i mean uh uh re-watching all of his what i call his family friendly era basically like hairspray on sure um although i wouldn't call a dirty shame family friendly <laughs> by any means although it is my favorite of his modern era and then uh and then i figure once i'm done with that i'll move backwards and and go uh back to like mondo Trasho. nice sweet I uh, I have I'm in the process of starting a new column over on Daily Grindhouse to try to catch up on some of my more obscure stranger movies that I just haven't had time to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, and this isn't obscure or strange at all, but I did watch the Rowdy Roddy Piper Billy Blanks action movie Tough and Deadly. Oh, which, Tough Deadly's great! It's so much fun. Like it's, it's a so really good. really fun movie. It's ne like it's uh, it's it's weird to say oh it's never boring, but it's not only it's not only not boring it's entertaining all the way through it's it's really it's one of it oh it's so good it's really and, i mean billy blanks is a shitty actor he's the worst but he throws like a million kicks in the movie and roddy piper is so much fun and they beat the shit out of each other and they have montages where they what ends with them like like doing high fives and stuff it's just <laughs> a really fun goofy silly movie and of course they they uh were also in back in action together as well Ooh. i wish they made 20 fucking movies together i had a tv series afterwards yeah yeah rest no, in peace but, roddy piper absolutely yeah tough tough and deadly was fucking awesome yeah so uh yeah so look for uh my, my new weird column over on daily grindhouse soon where i'll do a write-up on that but of course yeah i did see star wars we saw both saw star, star wars i uh, yeah. i liked it quite a bit um, i thought it was great yeah it it I, I'm glad I waited a couple of weeks to see it, um, so uh, so some of the hype had died down. I managed to avoid any of the major spoilers. Yeah, I did too. Surprisingly, I was really uh, really happy. Like 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 I didn't really start seeing spoilers until the day after I watched it. Right. But of course, I was in crazy amount of like dental pain. Oh. Uh, yeah, because basically. 
uh, I have really bad teeth and, um, all that vaping. Yeah, no, it's not the vaping. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's the years of neglect. Oh, right. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, so the day before I was supposed to go, uh, I, I realized that I had developed an abscess. Oh shit. In a, in a cracked tooth that I had, that I knew that I had to get pulled anyway. So, uh, so that morning I went to the dentist, uh, and I just expected him to be like, well, we can't do anything until, until the, the swelling goes down, sure. blah, 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 which is the typical dentist reaction. Sure. No, my dentist, my dentist was like, no, we're going to pull that sucker today. Let's do it. You know, so I'm sitting there like just oozing and bleeding out of my mouth while I'm sitting there trying to watch fucking Star Wars. <laughs> so I went back, I went back uh, the following week with a buddy of mine and watched it, a, watched it a second time. And I'm like, I'm so glad I did because I had actually fallen asleep a couple of times uh, when I first watched it. Because, you know, like uh, when I'm when I'm in a lot of pain, I, I know it's not a typical reaction, but when I'm in a lot of pain, I tend to just fall asleep. Oh, that's interesting. a good thing to be able to do, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was just I conked out like two or three times during the movie the first time. Um, but yeah, second upon the second viewing, I, I loved it. I thought it was really fantastic. Well, it is, it's like they always say, Abscess makes the Mo see Star Wars. God damn! <laughs> that was oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even make any fucking sense. And you're, full. I was, I was, I was working on that one too for a little while. <laughs> I don't even know what you said over the last couple of minutes. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I hope your tooth problem has uh, resolved itself at this point. Well, I guess I mean, the tooth's gone, so yeah, it's gone now. I mean, I, I got a ton of other shit I got to take care of, but that's that's. That was the pressing issue. So, but it's 2016, which means yeah. that that issue will be taken care of because everything's getting taken care of in 2016. The year of Mo, the year of no budget nightmares, the big year for you, my big year, your big year. <laughs> I'm just taking the year off. I'm gonna go bird watching, <laughs> and that year will continue on our next episode featuring Jennifer Help Us from 2014. And Mo, we should say good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.